Prologue Catherine leans calmly against the edge of the workbench. Tesla's lab is a mess, but she's confident she's finally worked out all the kinks. Beside her, Nurse puffs along, his face completely obscured by the brass and leather mask allowing the creature to breathe. He wheezes, and it sounds like a dry cough. Catherine drops the screwdriver on the tray beside her and holds up the finished device. In the corner of the room, Tesla's projection watches with hollow eyes as it billows on a stream of vapor. It's done. Excellent. Tesla's voice cracks through the speakers above them. Bring in the test subjects. Nurse slinks away through the massive bank vault door and into the hallway. I wish Flynn were here to see this, she whispers to no one in particular. He never had the stomach for such measures, Tesla responds, although his expression never changes and his lips don't move. And look where that got him. It's only been a few days since Kara returned to the Institute with a wild story about the hollows, Flynn, and a paradox that nearly destroyed time itself. Though the bulk of the damage has been repaired, some things are still lost. Flynn is one of those things. Her oldest friend, the person she confided in above all others. He is gone, and they didn't even have a body to bury. This is why we can no longer use half-measures to deal with the hollows. We must escalate our plans. And above all, we must get the Imperial children back. Catherine clenches her jaw, rubbing her teeth together. Ember. She was Flynn's favorite, and the one person above all others she held responsible for his death. She'd be only too happy to dispose of the girl entirely. Why do we need them? With this device, none of the rifters will be able to stand against you. My plans reach beyond the destruction of the hollows. They always have. That pulls Catherine up short. I thought that project failed. Tesla's voice responds cryptically. All things in their own time. She's about to ask something more, but two guards walk into the room, each holding a badly beaten hollow. One of the boys is nearly unconscious, the other glaring through one non-swollen eye. Both are bloody and bruised on every visible piece of exposed skin. Nurse rolls up beside the first boy, who doesn't even flinch as he plunges a syringe into his arm. The next boy squirms unsuccessfully against his captor as he's injected. Soon he's screaming as the liquid burns its way down his arm, leaving a perfect, sun-shaped scar. Have they told you the location of the hollows? She asks the guards calmly. No, ma'am. They haven't said anything. Pity. Catherine glances at the wall where Tesla's brain, all that's left of the once great man, floats in a tank of cloudy green fluid, connected to the massive computer with wires and plugs. Though he projected his image into the room, it's not those eyes that watch her. His eyes and ears are the hundreds of tiny cameras and speakers running throughout the Institute. Still, she nods to the brain in the wall before proceeding. I call it the Geppetto device, she says proudly, sliding the leather strap over her head and slinging it across her chest. She flips a switch, and the machine buzzes to life. 
A shrill, static-like noise rolls through the room. Cringing, she adjusts the dial. The pitch of the noise changes until the sound vanishes. Only the slight vibration of the glass vials on the bench give evidence that there is any sound at all. One of the struggling boys freezes, his face falling into a neutral stare. Stand up straight, Catherine orders. The now calm boy obeys without hesitation. The other flips her off. Thank you, guards. You may wait outside the door now. The guards bow their heads and leave. Take three steps forward, she demands. The glassy-eyed boy complies, and the other, looking confused, follows suit. Try using the nonverbal commands, Tesla says. Catherine slightly adjusts the knob, focusing on forming the words in her mind. The boy begins to jump like a frog.